welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Haley, and this week's guest is Mrs. Gretchen Bridgers. She is a national board certified elementary school teacher from Charlotte, North Carolina. In 2006, Gretchen received her bachelor's degree at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Holla! In 2010, she received her master's degree in curriculum and supervision from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. She taught grades two, three, and five before transitioning into the role of a new teacher development coach for the New Teacher Project. During this time, she also published her first book for new teachers called Elementary Edu 101, E-D-U-C, <laughs> What They Didn't Teach You in College, to help prepare future teachers for the realities of life in the classroom. And don't you know we need this? Oh, my word. With years of mentoring new teachers, providing professional development to school building staff, and presenting at district and national conferences, Gretchen has now invested her time solely to consulting individual teachers and school staff under her own company, Always a Lesson. Her blog, podcast, classroom resources, and professional development courses serve teachers worldwide. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that introduction. I'm quite impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are impressive, honey. Okay. (laughs) I am so uh, thankful that you came on to the show. Listeners, I've got a chance to kind of get to know Gretchen on a business level for the last few weeks, and it's been really, really awesome. Um, peer mentoring one another during this transition of that we're both in right now where we're building our business. So I know that you're going to be able to gain a wealth of knowledge from her and be able to learn tips and strategies to help your own business. So tell us about your entrepreneurial journey, Gretchen. Like what, what was that real, that catalyst that you can think of that was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to start this entrepreneurial journey. I don't know that there's ever one moment. It, it was very slow. In fact, my last name, Schultek, which is my maiden name, means teacher. And not one person in my family is a teacher. <laughs> Everyone is in business and they're super successful. But I could not sell you anything. I'm just not comfortable with it. I don't like it. I feel slimy. I'm not interested. I don't even want you looking at me. Like, I just want to do my thing. And so I taught and I loved that. It was very clear that that was my my area of expertise. And I fell in love with leadership and helping people learn. And that's, I think, where the bug started to bite a little bit was like, oh, I can actually help other people do something. And I didn't quite know what that was going to look like. So I kept trotting along down my path and I had a blog didn't even care if anyone read it. I just that was like my outlet to share what I was doing in the classroom. 
Well, then teachers were reading blogs less. And I heard about this thing called a podcast and kind of how I do things in life is I just do them. Like I didn't know what a podcast was, never listened to one, didn't care. I was going to make one though. <laughs> so <laughs> I just often went with it. And I became part of something called Podcasters Paradise. If anyone's interested in podcasting, that was really helpful for me to just from the ground level up, like what the heck do I need to do? Followed it to a T because I'm type A and can't help it. And this has gone really well for me on the Empowering Educators podcast. I love connecting with folks. And so then that entrepreneurial thing kind of sparked again. And I thought, oh, I'm I'm connecting with people. I'm leading people. Like maybe I do have some talents here that I should leverage. But again, I didn't really know what it was going to look like and how it was going to go. So over time, I would connect with different folks who were starting to do that. They were a little bit ahead of me on the path. I thought, okay, well, when I see what you're doing, I can see myself kind of doing that. And there was a lady named Angela Watson and she had left the classroom and then she had created courses and she was going into schools. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like I have to have a business name. And I was like, well, my blog is, it's always a lesson, whether you're teaching one or you're learning one, life's always a lesson. So that's just going to be my business name. So the blog and the podcast, and I was creating resources for teachers and selling them and I was like, this is like a real company. And I realized I just was making things up. I had no direction, no clarity, certainly wasn't like planning a calendar on the wall sort of situation, had no financial goals. It was a hobby. And so I decided to join B-School through Amy Porterfield. And if you know B-School, that's Marie Forleo's program about business school to teach you all the nuts and bolts. And I thought this might be good for me, who was non-traditional, have no background. I need to kind of fill the holes in my business and figure out what the heck I'm doing. And it was really great for me to learn and get affirmation for some of the things I had done, but also to learn, oh, <laughs> there is a little strategy. There is a little thought, like, what does this look like? And that's where I connected with you because you were in that space and had an educational background. And I thought, Hey, can we chat? Can we talk? Can we figure out, you know, how we can help each other? And now through Voxer, if y'all don't have Voxer, please get it. It's a great app where you can just send each other voice messages. I can send her one when I'm free. She can send me one back. We share ideas. We give each other feedback on stuff. We're on each other's email list to give each other, again, feedback and ideas and support. And that has motivated me to keep churning in my entrepreneurial journey because I now have support, but I also have direction. Yeah. Yeah. So key terms, support and direction, Mm -hmm. Um, because this journey can be very lonely. And I can't tell you how many messages I've, I have seen from clients or have read online where they're, they're say, they'll say things like, I told my husband or I told my wife or I told my mother or my brother that this is my idea. And they shot me down. And now I feel like I don't have the courage to continue forward. And no one's going to understand your journey other than someone that's already in the trenches with you. Yeah. And it's just, it helps. It helps to be in that place because when you transition, whether you are a teacher or you're transitioning as a healthcare provider, like I was, even the people that are in your industry will, won't understand mm-hmm. because a lot of them, you know, they're an employee mindset. Mm-hmm. And then to shift into that CEO mindset can be challenging, Yeah, can be challenging. Definitely. And I think there's a difference between taking risks that are just dumb risks and jumping in too fast and taking calculated risks. And that means you're thoughtful about what you're doing. You have a plan 
but you're willing to give it a shot and see if you fail. And I'm a mom. I've got kids at home and my husband's the breadwinner. And it's not like we have all this time and money to just allow me to fail and fail and fail. I have to be very thoughtful. What am I purchasing? Am I actually implementing the program I just purchased? Am I making time to go through the program? Am I implementing what I learned? Am I going to do XYZ launch because it's aligned? Like I'm not just willy-nilly doing things, spending money on Facebook ads. And so I think what I've learned through this is we can have all the excuses why we shouldn't do something we want to do and what we love. But if you're really thoughtful and strategic in how you can make it happen, even though you've got kids at home or you have to watch your budget tightly because you don't have a lot of extra income, whatever it is, those might be restrictions, but they're really boundaries that you got to work in. And not anyone out here is like, oh, I have all day to play with and I have all the money in the world to make my dreams come true. Everyone has something. And so if you're using it as an excuse, you're never going to become what you were meant to become. But if you utilize it as your roadmap to get to where you need to go and help you hone down on what's most important, you will be successful. Yes, it's taken me a long time, longer than I want to admit, but I'm closer to where I want to be and I'm more fulfilled and I'm happy because I'm able to be a mom, a wife and a business owner. And that makes me happy. Yes, yes. You better preach, Gretchen. Because, you know, I also it also makes me think about the comparison oh, analysis paralysis, because as you were just talking, success is a, a different measure for every single person. Right. And yeah. when you were just explaining, it's kind of hard for us to focus on where we are in our current journey when we're watching these other amazing people who are doing amazing things. And we never take the time to think about, well, what were they like when they first started, mm-hmm. you know, and how many years did it take for them to build this multi, you know, million dollar business or, you know, six figure business um, a, a influencer. I like to watch her name is Nicole Walters, one, because she's funny and I love learning from her, but she posted one of her very first videos again. And I said, oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> It, it the lighting was horrible okay. her hair was like you know not you know <laughs> polished right the, the way that you see the influencers now right and she was like listen we all start from somewhere we all start from somewhere and like you said you have to be strategic about the decisions that you make and but also realize that um, the amount of followers that you have or where you are in your journey is not indicative of where you will be. Or the impact you you'll have. It. Yes. Right. Yep. And one thing that what you were saying made me think of, and I don't know if it was Amy Porterfield, but it's something to the effect of, it's not failure you're scared of, it's people watching you fail. And I think that's what holds me back from going live or trying something new or doing a webinar. It's like, I don't want to not be good at it. But like you just said, she shared her first video, but that you have to get started somewhere. And let's all not be so vain. Not everyone is paying attention to you like you hope and think. We're our own worst credit. So yeah, maybe some people see the video. So the next video is going to be better. And the next, and by the time you're really good, then a lot of people are going to see it. But those first couple, like whatever, you just got to get out there and do the dang thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Get out there and make that decision. Make it. 
So when you decided to go this route of working with teacher leaders, let's first talk about what a teacher leader is, because I, I love this. I feel like I am one myself. When you decided to focus on teacher leaders, let's talk first about how you discovered your customer avatar and who and who this person is. Yeah, let's do that because that was a speaking of failure. Because when I first started teaching, I loved mentoring new teachers. And I wrote a book for new teachers, like you mentioned, and I loved them. They were not buying. They were not my customer, but I wanted to serve them so bad. And I didn't care that they weren't coming and following me and they weren't purchasing. And it got to the point like, you know, if you want to make this a business, you have to go where the people need you. And these folks have support at their school already. So they don't find the need to say like, God, I really need some help. That's year like three, four, five in schools when the mentor is no longer given and you're like, holy crap, I'm not ready to swim by myself. Go for those people. And so I thought, okay, let me, let me think about that a little bit. Well, my next love was teaching teachers. And so a lot of people were coming to me who were leaders of teachers and saying, I love the way you're, you're talking about teaching. I, I can use this to help somebody. I'm like, hold on. Here's this other group of people. They're wanting to buy. They like what I have. Let me pivot to these people because I can still talk about the things I love to talk about. My audience is just a little different, but they're taking what I'm giving them and able to pass it on to the people I love the most who aren't willing to pay. And so when I made the transition, just the the flow of revenue started to come. And that was confirmation that was moving in the right direction. And so even though it didn't look exactly what like I intended, I was still able to serve the same people. It just was going through a middle man. And that's okay. So this this term teacher leader came because I have worn different hats when I've been leading teachers. I was a peer mentor. Any new person that came on the team, I was helping them learn to teach. Then I had student teachers. So we are called a cooperating teacher. Then I would go and train teachers. So I was a teacher trainer. Then I became an instructional coach. And now I'm working with some administrators in my mastermind. So I've got all these people who have a different title, but they do the same thing. They're focusing on helping teachers be stronger in the classroom. So that's who I want to talk to because I keep talking about instructional strategies to become better in the classroom. Guess who wants those? Not the people that need them, the people that are trying to help those people who need them. And that was a huge shift for me. And it took me a long time to get there. But the only way you know if your avatar is going to work is if you keep trying to talk to them, not getting the results, pay attention to who is nearby that is interested and just pivot. And I felt so crushed when I couldn't serve my new teachers until I realized I could. It was just a different avenue. So you have to be flexible and willing to pivot. And I didn't have to give up a thing. I thought I was going to have to start all over. I didn't. It all worked out and it's wonderful. And I'm very thankful for my teacher leader audience. Oh, I love that. I mean, it takes a huge amount of bravery, in my opinion, because whenever you first start off in business, it is it's like you birthing a, a child. And <laughs> yeah. when you first start off the whole concept, you get it all looking pretty, the plan, <laughs> this is who I'm going to serve. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, crap, this isn't working. Yeah. Or for me, I was like, um, I'm not really feeling fulfilled. I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I could be doing more. I'm I'm a, a square peg in a circle of an mm-hmm. industry. This is not going to work for me long term. It's not a viable option. It took 
a lot of humility for me to admit that. Because when I was told that from a coach, I was like, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I ain't quitting. Like, you know, and I needed to hear it. But if you're not in a space, like you said, flexible, but even open-minded and willing to learn and know that at some point your business is going to have to evolve. Yeah. And sometimes it requires a pivot and it doesn't mean that you're an actual failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had folks that told me the same thing. Like, Gretchen, you didn't have money when you were a new teacher. Would you have bought something? I'm like, heck no. Like I could afford it. I didn't even have time. I was so overwhelmed. Like I was not ready to even be a customer yet of anything. And I wish I would have thought about that going in. Like if my coach now always says your avatar is a former version of yourself. And if I really, truly dial into that person, she was not ready. And she made me do this exercise where you plot your life on a timeline and say, okay, these are all your avatars. Which one are you a little bit ahead of? who was also ready to buy. And I was ahead of that person, but she was not ready to buy. So I had to work my way through the timeline until I got to someone that finally had a little extra cash and was willing to invest and realize they they should invest. And that's the sweet spot. So I had to do the work. I had to be open-minded. Even though I heard the same feedback, I just wasn't ready. I'm a little stubborn. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I'm still very much like that. And it, but it wasn't until I finally was able to say, let's figure it out. Let's figure out how we can do both, meaning serve who you want to serve, but sell it to the people who are ready. And it took a long time, that timeline to visually see how I could make that happen. Mm, Yes. And I love that you said, first of all, shout out to your coach because. Amber Liliestrom, y'all need to go find her on Instagram. (laughs) That's, That's powerful. That example right there of using that. Um, And it reminds me of something that Amy Porterfield said, you only have to know how much more 10% more. Yeah, not much. Yeah, it's not a lot. So I mean, for those who deal with like that imposter syndrome, uh, feeling like they're not adequate, that's all. Mm -hmm. That's all you have to know more than the people that you're serving. Because if you think about the people that are asking you for help, like your friends or family, they are ready to ask for help because they're closing the gap from where you are. If you try and help someone that's just starting, they are so overwhelmed. They can't even take in your first piece of advice. But the people that keep coming back to you, they're close. They're like, okay, I got you. I'm going to do this next thing. Okay, let me ask you again. Now I'm going to do this next thing. And they keep catching up. And so that's exactly that 10% is you can't be too far from that person because one, they're too overwhelmed. And two, you're too far. You forget what it's like to be that former version of yourself. That was so long ago. Your thoughts are different. Like your reality is way too far. But if you get someone that's really close, it's like, oh yeah, I I remember that. I still feel that. I still remember what that's like. And that person is motivated because you're not like 17 laps ahead. You're just one lap ahead. Oh, I can handle that. Let me ask another question. Okay, I've got another lap. Um, So that 10% is very encouraging when you think about Oh, like I can help a peer. I can help a colleague. It doesn't have to be this newbie. Yeah. Yeah. You see why? You see why I rock with Gretchen, y'all? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, I hit the jackpot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was more successful than I am. I mean, maybe that's coming one day, but thank you for the confidence. 
No, seriously, seriously. Um, I, I appreciate everything that you just said because it's real. It's real talk. It's what we really need to consider, especially as emerging entrepreneurs or uh, entrepreneurs year one through five. Those foundational principles should be evaluated, in my opinion, every year. Every year where you're planning your what you're going to do for the year and what you're going to what your profit is going to be, what you would like your profit to be. You need to be considering, am I really speaking to my customer? Is my brand consistent with what my customer needs are? I mean, these are some things that people tend to think, oh, well, it's just a strategy. It's, you know, it's the, the, the weeds of a business and I just want to serve from my heart. But you can't grow without some of the things that you're just sharing. You cannot. Yeah. You just can't. Amen. So with with you creating a business and having a podcast, I I am curious to know when you think because you also have a you're also raising a family, a beautiful family. <laughs> Thank you. And how have you utilized your time with that? With the different layers in the business mm. and with you trying to scale and grow. I think the biggest thing I hear from like new entrepreneurs is like, when do I know when to outsource or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how do I manage everything? And I would love to know for you, especially as a mom, um, how you've been able to work around some of the challenges that can occur with, with having those, um, responsibilities. Yeah. I think one asset of mine is I'm a teacher. So I'm used to having to cram a lot of things in a short amount of time, be really efficient and have like a schedule. That's just how I lived the last decade of my life. So I thought, okay, if I can hack my life the same way now, maybe I can make this work. And so I have what it's called weekly cycles. And that name just came from a past job where I had the same duties each week that I had to complete. Uh, So I made myself this schedule and Mondays I was going to blog and Tuesdays I was going to podcast and Wednesdays, I was going to do social media and whatever. And as my business grew, I started layering layering in other tasks. And it got to the point where as a mom, I just don't have a lot of time. Thankfully, my kids can go to a preschool from like 830 to noon. So I do have a chunk of quiet time that I prioritize. What's my big thing I can get done right now that's going to have a major impact on my business? And usually it's not social media. It's creating content. It's the blog or the podcast that I need to get out there because that requires my brain my ideas, my talent, no one else can do that. And if I get that done that day, I feel great. Anything else, I just have to figure out either I do it in the evenings, I do it during nap time, hello, nap time hustle, do it on the weekends, or I find someone who's willing to do it. And a girlfriend of mine was an accountability partner for Teachers Pay Teachers, meaning we put our lesson plans on that website and and teachers can buy them. And she and I were just holding each other accountable of creating new things And I said, hey, do you want to make some extra money? Because she decided to stay home and raise her kids. I said, there's a couple tasks I really need help with. Can you print off these resources for teachers and take pictures of them and create a pin for Pinterest? And by the way, can you also do Tailwind? And she's like, oh, I love to. I love the creative side of things. And I'm like, good, because I hate it. So she started there and I paid her like $20 an hour, which is a lot. But as an educator and a mom who is supporting a family, I really wanted to help her. 
And that business just grew to now she pretty much runs anything that doesn't require me and my creativity. So my, my websites and my editing and all the imagery. And it was a slow process as I figured out what I need to do, what someone else needs to do, that block schedule, what can I fit in with me not feeling so overwhelmed. And I had to really look at things and say, does this move my business forward or is this just something I'm doing? And there were some things I was like, yeah, we, we can get rid of that. That's not really helpful unless I happen to have someone else that can do it for me and they're looking for things to do. And I have extra cash, you know. So as my my business grew and I had a little extra money, I'd, I'd throw some of those things in. But it was very bare bones in the beginning because that's all I can handle. And you got to give yourself grace. Grace is written on my bathroom mirror because I'm so hard on myself. I compare myself to other people who don't have little kids at home who can work all day long and get it done themselves and all their profits are theirs because they don't have to outsource and I feel behind. But my race is my race and I'm going to do the best I can right now in the season I'm in because guess what? One day I'll be in that season where I don't have kids and I can hustle all I want and save all the money and make all the money. But right now this is my reality and the more I beat myself up, the less effective I'm going to be in my role. So Focus on what you can control, schedule it all out. And when you can start hiring out for those things that really don't move the lever to someone else who's willing to do it. Yes, absolutely. They, you know, listeners, it's a kill joy for you. If you are overwhelmed and overly consumed with tasks that are not income generating, you don't want to get to a place where, which is where I've been, where you are scrambling to figure out where you're going to get the next extra funds in because you've spent all of this extra time working on stuff that had nothing to do with income generation. Yeah. And, you know, when you are um, the queen bee, as Mike Michalowicz puts it, if you are the main person that the business thrives on, you need that time for content creation, especially as service providers. Mm -hmm. You can't sell programs without it. You know, you can't, help your coaching clients. You can't run a membership, whatever the case may be. So I love the fact that you mentioned to give yourself some grace because I've even felt that way. I've outsourced my podcasts. I've outsourced my social media. I've used virtual assistants. And in all of those cases, I've had less profit because of having to to do that, but I needed peace of mind. Yeah. And you were mentioning before layering your business. And for me, it started just with those lesson plans. And then it became, oh, I could teach somebody something. I'll just record it. Oh, that's called a course. Okay, I got a course now. You know, and, and then it's like, let me sell t-shirts and swag because I've got this girl that loves to design stuff. I'll think of the, the, the saying and she'll make it and it's real cheap. Cool. And so I started having multiple streams of income. And so when COVID-19 happened, I thought, thank goodness I was slowly building my business to the point where I was having all these outlets because my lesson plans took a major hit because school transferred all online and I didn't have anything for online learning. And I wasn't about to go do the big thing and I had major FOMO over it, but it was not aligned to what my goals were to move me forward. And it's not that I can't adjust and adapt, but I am so strapped for time and I have other tasks that are better aligned and will move the needle in the way I need them to, that I had to stay focused on those. And so although that part of the business took a hit, other things ramped up. My membership, my mastermind for teacher leaders, 
everyone needed help. They joined in and that made up well more than that part of my business. So the lesson here to me is not that I have to go open 15 doors at one time, but if you can have a door and have a door and have a door when you're ready so that when one closes, you've still got the other ones open and you're kind of safe through these hard times. Not safe, but better off than you would have been. And I think that was one of my smart moves is slowly growing and adding those layers. I love that you said that really diversifying your income, sell the same customer avatar, Mm -hmm. but you have different streams of revenue. Right. Right. I love that. And I think that should encourage each of the, you know, listeners too. like, do you have different streams of of revenue for that customer that you're serving? Mm -hmm. Do you have different stages like a a baseline stage and then a more moderate and then more, um, I don't know why the words are escaping me, an expert level? are you able to service them in a way that you could get them at different price points, but still be able to grow your, your business? Yeah. And let me talk about that for a second, if you don't mind. Yes, yes, please. So I, um, okay. So I had the course and then this mastermind. And so I was starting the tiers and I was like, okay, well, someone reached out for me for one-on-one coaching. So now I've got my three tiers. I've got the course. Great. You just want to do this passively on your own time. Perfect. That price is really cheap. Then you go up to the mastermind. You want that collaborative, that community. Perfect. It's a little more expensive. Now you want me one-on-one talking through your personalized situation. You're going to have to pay that premium. But what I learned in having that tier system is create a price point that's going to work. So instead of having a full price for each of them, which I do, I also have monthly payments. And that helps kind of trick the brain of the customer into realizing how affordable it is. So instead of saying $100, you're saying $25 a month. I can do $25 a month. Then when you go to the next thing, oh, it's $30 a month. I got 30, it's $150, but no, it's only $30 a month, right? So I learned to say it and sell it in a way that will resonate because I know educators don't have a lot of cash, but they are interested in buying. And so I do give them the option of full price, which is cheaper overall. Or you can do the monthly in that number sexy. They like it. They can afford it. You pay a little bit more in the back end, but I've gotten so many more people in the door, not just from having the tiers, which gives them options, but also the monthly payment versus the paid or paid in full. So that was, again, another brilliant lesson I had learned and so thankful that I implemented that. And you and I have had conversations about, girl, your prices are way too low. And they are, <laughs> but I'm going and adding more value and, and changing those things and the prices will, will uh, reflect that. But we all have to start somewhere, see who's buying. If it's not working, tweak the content. Maybe the price is too low and they don't think it's important. Maybe it's way too high, right? So you got to play the game a little bit to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And it was one thing that my coach had shared with me. She um, she basically said that you can start off with putting your the very least amount that you would take. The one that makes you just feel sick to your stomach. You're like, oh, no. (laughs) Horrible, right? And then you put in a price at the other end of that spectrum. It's linear. At the other end of that is the absolute highest amount that you would just feel like, oh, my gosh, this is really scary. I'm concerned about charging that amount. And then choose something in the middle. And that's how I normally have gone with choosing the prices because I used to, I used to not charge enough Mm -hmm. and um, I feel like I was doing twice the work. And as a mom, it was so 
hard. It was so hard for me, taking up a lot of my time. So I really appreciate the fact that you mentioned doing the payment plans and understanding your customer, because as you said, there's a psychology to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about myself. And the process I go through when I'm shopping on Amazon Prime when I shouldn't be, you know? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And what causes me to click that button more than anything else? But if it ends in a nine, I'm probably going to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. I've got one more question for you. This is the last question. So if you were to go back to your entrepreneurial journey at the very beginning, your very first week, month, day as a business owner, what is the word of advice that you would give yourself at the very beginning? You don't have to have it figured out. I am so type A. I've got to know the Candyland board. Okay. I got to know all the spaces. I got to know what they look like. I got to know the obstacles. I got to know where I'm going. That is not life. And that's not fun. Who wants to live that way when you have it all figured out? I mean, who knew COVID-19 was coming? Like you could have had 2020 planned to the max, right? But whoop, first quarter, like road trip, and we're off the rails already. And so I would just tell myself, just get out there and give some things a try. Like you don't have to know where you're going, but just your next step. And then when you get there, decide your next step and keep moving forward and be thoughtful and be excited, but stop holding yourself back because you don't know the whole game board. You're never going to know. So you're just never going to move anywhere. So I I would just encourage myself to take that first step and, and I don't know if you've ever watched Frozen or Frozen 2, but Elsa has this song that says, um, you know, do the next right thing. And that's all it is. It's it's just about one decision at a time, one foot in front of the other. That was that was perfect. I, I love that. And you'll you'll never know as a business owner what's going to happen, but you will gain clarity every step that you take. Yeah. And you'll find out what works and what doesn't work. All right. Please share with the listeners how they can find you. Oh, yeah. Go to alwaysalesson.com. And there you'll find social media handles. You can grab my newsletter to get tips and tricks. You can grab my um, courses and the mastermind, anything else you can need. That's my hub. That's the place to find me. And I just really look forward to connecting with y'all. I'm willing to answer any questions you have. Gretchen at alwaysalesson.com is my email if you want to chat. Thanks, Jasmine. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.